How to produce the fruit of faith. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Joseph Helen. And I'm back to you with this wonderful episode on faith. Remember, I've been teaching you about the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to endeavor to teach you about the Holy Spirit right from Genesis all the way to Revelation. I have talked about the Holy Spirit as wisdom. I've talked about the Holy Spirit as knowledge. And now I'm talking about the Holy Spirit as our faith. And one of those aspects of faith is how to produce the fruit called faith. This fruit is produced from your spirit. Now, most Christians make a mistake and they think that in the book of Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 that the fruits mentioned there are produced by the Holy Spirit. That's a big mistake because the Holy Spirit does not produce fruits in us. The Holy Spirit enables our spirits to produce the fruits. Remember what the Bible says, that Jesus Christ is the vine and we are the branches. So, who produces the fruit? The vine doesn't produce the fruit. The branches do. Now, if Jesus Christ is the vine and we are the branches, then we are the ones that bear fruit. You know, that's found in in the book of John chapter 15. And the Bible says that the branch that doesn't bear fruit is cut off. So the fruit of the Spirit is really born out of our spirits. We are the ones to do the loving. The Spirit of God comes and deposits in you His very nature. He imputes upon you his very nature of love. So that the Bible says the one who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So as you are one spirit with him, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17. Let me just look that up really quickly for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17. Um, all right. Uh, no, it's not verse 17. Let me just get it quickly. I got that scripture wrong. First uh, Corinthians. Oh, I was in Second Corinthians. It's supposed to be First Corinthians. I was looking at Second Corinthians. Pardon me there. Glory to Jesus. First Corinthians six verse seventeen. Yes, I was right. I wasn't wrong at all. It's just that I went to Second Corinthians, and what I was reading wasn't making sense. <laughs> you know, insofar as the topic of the day is concerned. So First Corinthians six verse seventeen says, "But he that's joined unto the Lord is one spirit." Do you get that? When you are saved. You become one spirit with the Lord. The day you got saved, you became one spirit with the Lord. So to that extent, the Spirit of God enables your spirit to produce love and to produce joy and to produce peace and all those wonderful things that the Bible talks about. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and the like. You see, and then we also have the works of the flesh. Now, your spirit produces these beautiful things that enable us to relate to each other and that enable us also to relate to God or to respond to his love toward us. You get that? So when you have love in your heart, it's easy for you to respond to the love of God. Because like begets like. Water likes to flow where there is water. A little bit of water will always go to a place where there's lots of water. That's where all rivers flow towards the ocean. (laughs) Do you see? 
and all the waters in the clouds will fall to the earth. The Bible says that when the clouds are full of rain, they fall to the earth. So things tend to be attracted by things that are similar to them. Like begets like. So when you have the love of God in your spirit, because you're joined with the spirit of God, when God injects love through that very same spirit, you will recognize it because it becomes your very essence. Love becomes your very essence. So how does one produce the fruit of faith? How does one produce the fruit of faith? That's the question I want to answer or I'm going to teach you how to produce the fruit of faith. So fruit is a product of the human spirit. Fruit is a product of the human spirit. Okay, It's produced when a child of God is filled with the Holy Spirit. As I've read for you in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17, when you join to the Lord, you become one spirit with him. Do you know that's an amazing truth? I wish you'd just wrap your mind around that. That the day you got saved, your spirit and God's spirit became one. No wonder you have power to heal the sick. No wonder you have power to cast out demons. No wonder you have power to rule and reign in life. No wonder God trusts you with the privilege of preaching the gospel. Because your spirit and God's spirit now becomes exactly one. The same way a husband and a wife become one flesh, the Bible says. The Bible says they're no longer two but one. When a husband comes together with a wife, they're no longer two but one. So when you get saved, you're no longer separate from God. You become one spirit with him. That's why you can't enter into his presence. That, oh Lord, we enter into your presence. Oh Lord, we come to your presence. It does not make logical sense. When you're already one with somebody, how do you come into their presence? Because people look at God the way they look at human beings. The fact that I can go to work, and then return back home and enter a room and say, Oh, honey, ah, look, I'm home. And people think that it operates the same way with God. No, God is one with you. Your spirit is one with God's spirit. It's mixed up. It's a compound mixture that you cannot separate. You get that? Because he says, no, who can separate me from the love of God? Who can separate me from the fruit he has put in my spirit? And that fruit is called love. And now my spirit, in conjunction with God's spirit, produces love. You see, when a husband comes together with a wife, there is a product. And the product, the product is a child. So a wife gets pregnant and produces a child. Now, your spirit gets pregnant when your spirit is fertilized, I use that in quotes, when your spirit is fertilized by the spirit of God and you start bearing love, joy, peace, and all that. And in this particular episode, I'm talking about faith. Okay? Faith as a fruit. You know, there's faith as a gift. I'm going to deal with that in a future episode. But in this particular one, I'm dealing with faith as a fruit. A fruit that your spirit produces when it comes together with the spirit of God. Remember the word to know, which is yada in Hebrew and ginosko in Greek, depicts a certain type of intercourse. So that in Genesis 4 verse 2, the Bible says, and Adam yada Eve and Eve conceived. Adam knew Eve and Eve conceived. Do you see that? Knowledge always has concept. Ah, this is wonderful. Yeah. This is Genesis 4 verse 1. I said Genesis 4 verse 2. Uh, it's Genesis 4 verse 1. 
And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. I said Genesis 4 verse 2, but it's Genesis 4 verse 1, okay? And of course, even in Genesis chapter 4 verse 2, it's the same thing. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So the idea is, is knowing. So knowing in the spiritual realm is a concept. And a concept is a mixture between the known and the knower. So when what's known and the knower come together, conception occurs. That's what we call a concept. Once conception has occurred, production must then follow in earnest. You produce something when you are mixed up with what you know. So when God, who is all knowledge, becomes one spirit with you, and you become the knower, you become pregnant of the idea or insight. You become pregnant of insight. You become pregnant or expectant of the result of the conception or the result of the concept. That concept produces a fruit. And in this particular case, that fruit is called faith. I hope it's not too complicated. So, for you to produce the fruit called faith, first you must be saved. In which case, your spirit becomes one with the Spirit of God. Once your spirit is one with the Spirit of God, you conceive, your spirit conceives. Remember, 1 Peter 1.23 says that we are born again, not of corruptible sperm or of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed, which is the Word of God. And this Word of God lives and abides forever. So when the word of God enters your spirit as it is doing now, it causes your spirit to be pregnant and your spirit produces the fruit. And that fruit is love, joy, peace. And in this particular case, faithfulness or faith. So I'm teaching about faith as a fruit. Okay, let's carry on. So the Holy Spirit enables those he has infilled to produce different fruits that help love prevail from person to person. So the only way we can love genuinely is when the Spirit of God, who is one with our spirit, fertilizes our spirit with his word because his word is like a sperm. We are born again. We are born not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed, which is the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So when that word enters your spirit, your spirit conceives. That's what we call a concept. With that concept, when you open your mouth to speak, you'll speak the things that are within you. And those words will become words of love. And these are the words that enable us to relate to each other. In the book of John 17, Jesus prayed and said that they may be one, even as you and, uh, and me, my father and I, are one. That they may love each other. And you know, the entire law or the entire Ten Commandments is predicated upon love God and love people. Just that. Love and love can only be produced by you through your mouth and then by subsequent actions. When the Spirit of God fertilizes your spirit in His Word. This is why I could never emphasize strongly enough the significance and the importance of knowing the Word of God. You must know the Word of God. You must be pregnant of the verities of heaven. You must know what scriptures say about you. And remember, as you read the Bible, be careful not to claim to yourself what the Bible says about Satan or demons or unbelievers. Claim to yourself only that which the Bible says about 
new creation. And what the Bible says about new creation is always good news. It doesn't matter what mess you find yourself in. It doesn't matter what mistakes you have made. When you hear the word of God, there is always hope. Even if it is last minute, even if it's your last breath, when you hear the word of God, there is always hope. Why? Because the word of God is good news. Good news, the Bible says that hope does not disappoint. You will never be disappointed as a child of God. You may disappoint people, people may disappoint you, but you will never be disappointed as a child of God because his word is the gospel. It's good news. It's the power of God. It has the ability to effect change in you. It can change you from a drunkard to a person who is sober forever. It can change you from an immoral person to a person who is pure and faithful forever. So the idea is not to stop drinking. The idea is not to stop immorality. The idea is to let the word of God impregnate your spirit. And then you'll start producing after his kind. Remember, my child is after my kind. So when you are a produce, or let me just use the word product. I think that's much easier to understand. When you're a product of the word of God, you'll start acting like the word of God. So the areas of your life where you're still acting in disparity to the word of God are areas where the word of God has not richly in, uh, been inculcated or parts of your spirit where the word of God is not richly dwelling. So regretting, feeling bad, getting angry, getting depressed doesn't help. What helps is get the word into that part of you. So if it's lying, some people just can't help but lie. In fact, they lie until they think their lies are truth. In that particular case, you're producing after Satan who is a liar. In other words, you've heard him so much that he's impregnated your spirit too and now your spirit is producing after the devil and that is what we call lying. But if you start reading the truth, the word of God, the Bible says they shall know the truth and the truth shall make them free. That is the book of John 8 verse 32. If you hear the truth, if you know the truth, if the truth impregnates you, the concepts within you will be truthful. So we don't stop things. Instead, we get pregnant and produce after the kind of words we've been listening to. And this is why it's very important for you as a child of God not to listen to negative things because you'll produce after the, their kind. In this particular case, God operates by faith. He's a God of faith. By faith, the heavens were made. By faith, if you read the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about how God operated by faith. And he produces that faith in your spirit. In this particular case, we're talking about faith as a fruit. Mm, this is so beautiful. So these fruits are different manifestations of love. So faith is the fruit whose quality manifests fidelity. Faith is the fruit whose quality manifests fidelity. And fidelity is the quality with which one reproduces God's nature and will. So fidelity is the quality. This is an important truth, I tell you. Please write these things down. Now, fidelity is the quality with which one reproduces God's nature and will. So for you to reproduce God's nature and will, you need something called fidelity. And fidelity is faith. And faith is the fruit of your spirit. That has been impregnated by the Spirit of God. How was it, was it impregnated by the Spirit of God? When your spirit accepted the Word of God as seed. Seed. Remember the Bible says the Word of God is like seeds. Like a grain of wheat that must be planted. Where is the Word of God planted? In your spirit. How? When you hear. Because Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When you hear it, that's it. It fertilizes your spirit. When your spirit is fertilized, you, you can't help but act like it. 
<laughs> you see, my child can't help but look like me or look like my wife. Oh, definitely, they have to look like somebody in their lineage, surely. Because that's where the seed comes from. <laughs> All right. Now, this is so important. I want to repeat. Faith is the fruit whose quality manifests fidelity. So faith is the fruit whose quality manifests fidelity. And fidelity is the quality with which one reproduces God's nature and will. It is being found complete and integral as you transmit God's agenda of love to humanity. So fidelity makes you complete and integral. You know what integrity is? Integrity is to be complete, to be sound. All right? So people who lack in integrity are people whose words are not complete. They say one thing now and then later they change and say something else. So they're lacking in integrity. Lying is a sign of lack of integrity. Because a person who lies keeps shifting goalposts. They will not say the same thing consistently. And that's also the reason why their lives cannot be consistently successful. Because they don't tend to speak consistent things. In other words, they get impregnated by all manner of words. For that reason, they keep producing strange, strange seed. You can imagine if you have a dog in your compound. If you own a beautiful dog and then you allow every male dog to mate with that dog, what will happen is ultimately you'll find a black one, a gray one, spotted one. Different types of dogs will manifest because that's the seed that entered the womb of your female dog. The same happens to you, ladies and gentlemen. If you hear news and they're negative, you'll produce negative results. If you hear statements of doubt and unbelief, you'll produce doubt and unbelief. But if you stick your mind and your heart and your ears to the Word of God, you'll produce after the Word of God. It's as simple as that. Produce after the Word of God. Don't produce after the challenges and the problems that you go through. If there's pain, don't hear the pain. Rather, hear what God says about the pain. So that when you hear what God says about the pain, your spirit will produce after what God says. And that's what healing is. That's how we work miracles out. Okay? So, in the book of Galatians 5.22, the Bible says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. So faith is one of them. But all these are definitions of love. You see, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Now, that love is defined as joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, etc., etc. Now, out of the fruits produced by your spirit, faith features prominently as it's the test of how fine your words, motives, and interactions with God's people is. So, faith is what defines how pure your motives are when you're interacting with God's people, when you're interacting with God, when you're interacting with angels. So, faith you see, it's a fidelity, the completeness and the integrity of your transmission of God's agenda of love to humanity. That's integrity, okay? The quality that enables you to reproduce after God's nature and will. That is what we call fidelity, integrity, faith. And faith tests how you interact with God's people. It tests your motive, okay? Wonderful. So since... We are branches of the vine, and the vine is Jesus. It's our responsibility to produce fruit. Without fruit, one can be in danger of being cast away. Bearing fruit is in earnest really found in fulfilling of one's purpose. Yeah? So bearing fruit in earnest is really found in fulfilling of one's purpose, which rests squarely on how loving you are. 
So love is so significant. So John 15 verse 1 to 2 says, I'm the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Do you see? So, faithfulness measures the consistency of food production. A branch that produces fruit once in a while is pruned so as to produce fruit consistently or faithfully. So, how do you produce the fruit called faith? There's a pruning process. What's a pruning process? Some of the difficulties you go through, those are called pruning processes, especially when people reject you, slander you, uh, falsely accuse you, when people abandon you, when you mean well and somebody just takes advantage of you, things like that. You could be loving somebody and then one day maybe you make a little correction and they just turn against you and walk out on you. Those are the things that prune you because they test your motive. Were you really genuine? Were you really integral and full of fidelity when you are loving this person or when you are helping this person? When you pass those tests, you bear more fruit because that's what we call pruning. When you're pruned, you bear more fruit. Okay? Now, I've told you already that a branch that produces fruit once in a while is pruned. Why? So that it may produce fruit consistently or faithfully. So pruning is the suffering and the persecution we experience as we do God's will. So purification comes to our spirit so as to make us faithful in the production of all other fruits of the human spirit. Isaiah 48 verse 10 to 11 says, Behold, I have refined you, but not with silver. I have chosen you in the furnace of affliction. You see, you are chosen in the furnace of affliction. When things trouble you, sometimes it might even be pain in your body. It teaches you to depend on God because you may have depended only on science. Science is good, but you need to depend on God as well. Okay, because science comes from God, but science is the beginning point. It's amazing, by the way, science brings amazing discoveries, but they are all to the glory of God. But where science fails and science tells you, oh, we can only manage this disease. I don't think we have a cure for it. That is a sure test of your faithfulness. So if you stick to the word of God, in spite of that pain, you will bear more fruit. And as you bear more fruit, you'll get pregnant with the healing virtue that you need and you'll produce healing as well, not just for yourself, but for others too. You see how God is wise? So Isaiah 48 verse 11 says, For my own sake, even for my own sake will I do it. For how should my name be polluted? I will not give my glory unto another. Now another is the enemy, not a person. God has already glorified us according to Romans chapter 8 verse 28 going to 29. He says those that he foreknew he called and those that he called he justified and those that he justified he glorified. You see, so we already glorified. Let me read it for you. Romans chapter 8 so that you get to understand that God never calls his children another. That another is the enemy. That's the devil who wants to claim you for himself. So he says, I'm not going to give my glory to the devil. You are my glory. Yeah. Now, verse 29 of Romans 8 says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, he also called. So you're predestinated and called. And whom he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. Do you see? You are God's glory. You have been glorified by God himself. So you cannot be another. You are not another. You are that one that God loves and that one that God has glorified. Okay? So when branches aren't purified through pruning, they defile God's name and cause God's enemies to claim his glory. And that glory is you. So the NIV Bible defines this type of faith 
as perfect loyalty. Faithfulness as perfect loyalty. Your spirit can produce that if you have a positive attitude towards the sufferings you go through. You know, the negative things people say about you, just forgive them, bless them. And if you are wrong, make amends. If you do things like that, you'll start producing fruit and you'll produce so much love. And you know, the Bible says love never fails. Where everything else fails, where money fails, love never fails. And that love can only come out of your spirit when you go through certain persecutions, certain difficulties. It could be your family members standing against you as a result of your faith. It could be your government. I remember many years ago, my government jailed me because of the gospel. That by the grace of God, you know, I came out of jail and all the accusations against me were dropped for lack of uh, evidence. There was no evidence at all to incriminate me. But they arrested me and locked me up anyway. They didn't do their investigations properly. If they did, they wouldn't have arrested me. But you see, you forgive and you continue to just preach. So I forgive and continue to preach the gospel of Jesus. And so if for a reason or the other you are wrong, the Bible says if anyone sins, you have an advocate with the Heavenly Father. Just repent, change your mind and move on. It's simple. It can be one second that can change your destiny forever. Just one second of changing your mind saying, oh, I think I've been going the wrong direction. Let me turn around. That's it. Nothing more. And then you stick to the word of God and then your spirit begins to produce the right fruits. Okay? You understand? Now, so perfect loyalty. If you're working in God's vineyard, and that means any job that you do, whether it's that of a preacher or a lawyer or whatever, you must be loyal and integral. And that's the fruit of faith in operation. So your boss becomes one of those people that will ignite your ability to be faithful because they'll keep asking you why you're late, why you're not meeting your targets, things like that. They help you produce the fruit called faith or faithfulness. Titus 2 verse 9 to 10 in International Standard Version says, Slaves are to submit to their masters in everything, aiming to please them and not argue with them. Of course, we're not talking about slaves here. This is the language they knew those days. Remember, human beings have progressed and become more and more civilized, even from the Bible days. During the Bible days, people are actually allowed to own slaves, but that was not God's nature. That was, was not God's will. Okay? So by the time Paul was writing this, people still had slaves. Of course, he had to give them a modus operandi, how a person who has a slave ought to have treated their slaves. And you notice Paul started teaching them to be kind, just like in the United States. You know, the Emancipation Proclamation that happened. People were slave owners, but laws were passed that liberated the slaves. So Paul was also working towards the liberation of the slaves. But by that time, he still had to call them slaves. So don't think that he is abusing human rights here. Some people really misunderstand the Bible because of their ignorance about the historical times when the Bible was written and what was prevalent during that time, which these people could not have turned a blind eye to. They had to address things the way they were. Those days, women could not even be counted. Children could not be counted. You see, that's why when Jesus fed 5,000, it is written that those were just men, 20 years and above. The rest, who were 20 years and below, plus the women, were not counted. So human rights were horrible during those days. But thanks to the Holy Spirit who progressively reveals to people about love, which is why I'm teaching you to produce some of these fruits so that you can love the people around you. So Titus 2 verse 9 to 10 is not some obscure, bizarre scripture that goes against human rights. No, just please understand the context and the historical time it was written. It says slaves, so let me say, 
Workers submit to your bosses in everything, aiming to please them and not argue with them. Don't steal from them. Instead, show complete and perfect loyalty so that in every way they may make the teaching about God, our Savior, more attractive. So when you submit to your boss, when you submit to your spouse, when you submit to your parent, when you submit to your minister, when you submit to the authority God has placed above you, your president, your cabinet minister, your sheriff, a police officer on the street or something. When your life is a life of submission, taking instructions, following the laws of your land, and just being kind and making amends when you're wrong, you will find that you're producing the fruit of faithfulness. And that fruit is going to lift you up and you're going to be amazingly successful in every single thing that you do. This is amazing, isn't it? And wonderful indeed. A great teaching. Thank you so very much, my wonderful friends, for listening to me. If this message has touched you, please share it widely with your friends. Subscribe as well. And click onto that star so that we can see that you favorited it. I love you so very much. I look forward to presenting to you more episodes in this topic and many other topics. May the Spirit of God touch you. If you're listening to me and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please say this prayer so that you may also be saved. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and rose again to give me eternal life. I receive you into my heart this day as my Lord and Savior. I receive eternal life in my spirit. I am now saved. I'm born from above. Hallelujah. That's a wonderful thing that has just happened to you. And if you know somebody that needs to know Jesus, you can use the very same prayer to lead them to become new creation in Christ Jesus. I love you so very much. I care for you. Remember you're making it. Until next time, my name is Joseph Helen. Bye-bye.